Amen. Welcome. Has this been an exciting weekend? It's been a great weekend. Hallelujah. Thanks. We're going to hear more from Alan Nailazer this today. Uh, we're going to be doing a couple of things. Uh, we're going to be ordaining at 11 o'clock. Jason Harloff is an elder at the church, and we will be, but not today. Sean couldn't be. Sean uh, Davis. Thank you. Sean Davis, of course. I know too many Seans. Sean Davis will be being ordained as the deacon as well, but it'll be at another time. It's great to be with you all. Just a couple of announcements this morning. I want to mention that we are going to be having a foundations course taught on Wednesday nights beginning October 13th. For those who want to get some good, we call it foundation teaching. It's going to be great. Leonard Terry, Jason Martin, and myself will be the teachers. It'll be a nine-week course beginning October 13th, every Wednesday. If you're interested, please call the church or email. We can get you registered for being a part of that. Also, we are having another barbecue bike ride, October 2nd. It will be at Gibbons Park at 10 a.m. And so we've already uh, registered there. We've rented it, and we will have, uh, we'll be cooking up hamburgers there. There is no cost, but we do need you to register so I know how many people will be coming, and also for all the, the proper COVID stuff and contact tracing. So we'll be doing a bike ride, a walk, uh, there'll be swings, there's washrooms there, and we'll be staying at the park. We will not be coming back to the church. So Gibbons Park, we'll have more information. Email, will, Linda will send out an email blast to give you more information. Proverbs 25, 25 says this. It says, as cold waters are to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. I want to tell you, we've got some good news coming from a far country, and we thank Alan and Eliezer for coming. They're going to bring a word of refreshment to our congregation. And last but not least, please pray regarding the election. It is the responsibility of Christians to pray for their government, and we bless our government. And we also pray that we will continue as a church to have favor in this country, and we pray for the salvation of all men, and that's what we're here for. We want to be salt and light in a dark generation. So thank you. Welcome. Good morning. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah.
Shout. 
Let's hear the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. He has broken every chain. Amen. He's broken every chain. Salvation is in his name. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord that we've got a living God. We don't have a God of stone. We don't have a God that we can't talk to. And we don't have a God that can't hear us when we cry out to him. Hallelujah. And the victory is his. We have victory in the name of Jesus Christ. We have victory in his life. And we have victory in all that he is in our lives. Hallelujah. I'm excited. That worship and praise, they really got me going here. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. What I'm going to share on now, it's very hard for me to talk for 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm like Howard, I can go for an hour or longer, but I will try to keep this down as long as, uh, as I can, okay. I'm going to talk to you about something that's been affecting the church, that's been affecting our nations, and it's been affecting our world. I see it when I work in the emergency department, well, I work in urgent care now, but I see it when I work at the hospital, take care of patients. There's one thing that has been affecting us and that Satan has enjoyed imparting to the world and also to the church because we have taken on to it. We've taken hold of it. And that's fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety, and I'll add to it, worry. We worry about so much. We're fearful about so much. We're anxious about so much. I don't know how many times I've heard it in, in the States and here as well too. What should I do about the vaccine? And what should I do about the virus? And I, 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 I you know, I, I, want, I want, tell me about the, the science of the thing. And I will tell you there's only one science, and that's the science of God. There's only one science, and that's the science. He is the God of science. He is the God of chemicals. He is the God of RNA. He is the God of DNA. He is the God of everything. He is king of the universe. He's king of the universe. And we are his children. We are his children. So I want to give you a definition of these things to help you understand where we're headed and why the scripture. There are over 300 scriptures in the Bible that talk about fear. Now why would God want to talk so much about fear except for the fact that he knows that we are affected by fear. And so over and over, he talks about fear and how we need to have confidence in him. The definition of fear. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous. That's fear. Likely to cause pain or threaten you. It is a natural, powerful, and primitive human emotion. It's something that was put in us because you talk about, you know, uh, fear and flight. When you see some danger, you're immediately going to run from it. That's a natural thing, and that should happen. But it involves um, 
something that goes beyond that. Because it, it, even though there's a biochemical response and, and a high emotional response to fear, it alerts us to the presence of danger or the threat of harm, physical or emotional. But being alert to this doesn't mean we live with it. Doesn't mean we let it guide and steer our lives. And so much of us, so many of us, Christians, non-Christians, but Christians as well too, have allowed fear to guide our lives, especially during the past year and a half to two years of this pandemic. I've seen it so much. People are just afraid, and they're living in fear. It's not about something dangerous is happening. There's an alligator in front of me. What do I want to do? And his mouth is open. I'm running over there. That's a natural response. But that's not our life. But yet we are living in fear, and God is saying, I don't want you to live in that fear. What's the definition of anxiety? Anxiety is fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. It hasn't happened. It's not there, but we're fearful of it. How many of us have been fearful of the virus? We haven't had it, but we're fearful we might get it. That's anxiety. It has not happened yet, but may or may not happen. A feeling of worry, nervousness, uneasiness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. And that's where we're living today, in an uncertain environment. But I want to tell you today, we've got an answer to that. And the answer is Jesus Christ. Um, these are areas that are important to the, law, the Lord because it affects our lives and functioning in the kingdom of God. We be, when we live, when we're paralyzed by fear and anxiety, we cannot function. And the enemy loves to have, the enemy wants us to live in fear and anxiety because we can't function, okay, in the kingdom of God, okay? We can't function in that kind of state the way God wants us to function. Faith and confidence in the Lord is the complete opposite of fear and anxiety. I'm gonna say that again. Faith and confidence in the Lord is the complete opposite of fear and anxiety. This pandemic has put many people in fear and anxiety. This pandemic has put many Christians in fear and anxiety. Will I live or will I die? Can I go out in safe, safety? Or do I have to wear a mask? And how good is the mask? And should I get a vaccine or should I not get a vaccine? Can I trust the government? Are they doing the right thing for me? What will happen to me? Basically, that's what fear and anxiety does. What will happen to me? Jesus dealt with fear and anxiety with the disciples. There was a lot, they expressed a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety in their walk with the Lord. But also through our history, God has tried to help us as his people out of fear and out of anxiety. So let's go into the Old Testament. And I'm going to give you these scriptures. I want you to write them down. I want you to read them. Because I don't, I'm, I'm limited time here. So I'm not going to read them. I'll let you read them. Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 to 14. Israel is backed up 
at the Red Sea. They've been delivered. The plagues have happened. And Pharaoh has set them free. But now they're backed up against the sea and Pharaoh is coming against them again. And what does God say to them? And what, is, what, does he say, what does he say to them? Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. Are we willing to stand back and see the salvation of the Lord? The enemy is coming against me. This virus is a wave that's going across Europe and coming to, to North America. And it's waving across the world. And I'm using the virus as an example because that's fear of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen to us. Maybe we know some people have had the virus. Maybe we even know someone who's died. But how many times do you worry about when people die when there has been no virus? I deal with fear, with fear and life and death and disease all the time. And this virus has caused an increase in fear and anxiety for your life and for your health more than I've ever seen in my entire 50 years of working in medicine. Because it's the unknown. But God says, stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. Isaiah 41, 10 to 13. Do not fear, I am with you. I want you all to say that. Do not fear, I am with you. Jesus is with you. God is with you. The scripture says, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. He is with you. Do not fear. The enemy would love for you to live in fear because it makes you non-functional. But I'm telling you today, Jesus Christ came to set you free from fear and anxiety. He says in that same scripture, I will help you and hold you up. Hallelujah. I need to say hallelujah again because he will hold me up. He will hold you up. He doesn't want us to be Consumed by fear. I love this one. I'm going to read this psalm because this psalm is like, it's just one of my favorite psalms. Well, lots of favorite psalms, but this one is so powerful. Psalm 91. Okay, do you dwell in the shelter of the Most High? Is God your covering? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I don't know about you. I don't care what the government does. I don't care if they crack down on me. I don't care if they say, well, you lose your taxes and, and because you believe in this, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna persecute you. I don't care. I'll, I'll meet at home. I'll meet in, 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 in underground, just like the churches did in, in Eastern Europe for so many years. And what they do now in China. We've been spoiled. But I'll tell you this. I dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Do you trust the Lord or do you trust the government? So many people believe that the government will help their lives. Now, governments are meant to guide you. They're meant to protect you. They make laws because God said that's what governments are for. We need to pray for our governments. And, and he sets governments up because we need to live with guidelines. But my trust is in the Lord. 
For it is he who delivers us, delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pest. pest oh, there, wow. The deadly, you think that pestilences are only happening now? They've happened for centuries. For thousands of years, there have been pestilence coming. But what does it say here? He, he, he will deliver me from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid by the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, because you can't see the virus. It's too small for you to see. Or the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but I shall, but I, I shall not approach you. But it shall not approach you. So what does that mean? It will not approach you. It means that God is with you. And though all these things are happening in the earth, you need to put your hope and trust in him. I am telling you today, because I'm sure I'll get more questions about the vaccine and about the virus. I'm telling you, this is my perspective. You trust God. And then you do what God tells you to do. Eliezer and I took the vaccine because God told us to, because he told us to come here, and that's what's required. I don't have a problem with that. I do what the Lord tells me to do. I don't worry about what's in my body or not. I trust God. I've been working with the virus since it began. Even before we didn't know it was a virus, it was still around. I was working with it. God has protected me. You know, all I know is my hope is in him. And if I die of the virus, so what? To be absent in body is to be present before the Lord. But I know that God has worked for me. And so I trust him. And we need to trust him. So if I need to take a test, I take a test. If I need to take a vaccine, I take a vaccine. It's, you know, it's, God is the God of science. I'm not worried about it. And I want you not to worry about it. Because God does not want you to live in fear and anxiety. But he wants you to know that he will not let it come upon you. And if you go to be the king in the kingdom of God, well, it's your time. I'm not afraid of death. I've seen a lot of death, and I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of not doing what God has called me to do while I'm alive. Amen. I'll say that again. I want to do and accomplish what God has desired me for, to do in my life. When Howard passed away, he said, I've done the work that God's wanted me to do. I'm ready to go. If he takes me, fine. If he doesn't, that's fine. But I've accomplished, I know I've accomplished what God has had me to do. Do we all feel that way? Do you feel that you accomplished the things that God has wanted you to do? Your confidence needs to be in the Lord your God. Psalm 118.6. I will not fear what can man do to me. And I'll tell you something. This virus may very well be man-made. But I will not fear what can man do to me. Hallelujah. Faith over fear doesn't mean that you don't feel afraid. But it means that you will not let your fear consume you or your actions. 
I'll say it again. It means you will not let your fear consume you or your actions. Faith over fear tells me that I will be able to go there and get what I need and go home without the virus affecting me. I come here, I'm not worried. I go different places, I don't worry because I'll be here as long as God wants me to be. I'll do what he wants me to do as long as he wants me to do it. And I'm not gonna live in fear. Psalm 34, four. I sought the Lord and he found me and delivered me from all of my fears. So what does that mean? You need to seek out Jesus Christ. You need to develop your relationship with God because your confidence needs to be in him and all fear will be cast out because your confidence is in him and not in the world, not the things that the world does. I sought the Lord and he found me and delivered me from all of my fears. Psalm 46, one to three says this, though all kinds of terrifying things go on in the earth, I will not fear. There are terrifying things going on in the earth. Wars, rumors of wars, viruses. People are afraid of, of what might happen. Economic disaster. Though terrifying things are going on on the earth, I will not fear. Even the most terrifying events cannot shake us from our firm foundation in God. Can you say that? Even the most, and, and, and this virus is terrifying. To many people, it's terrifying. But it will not shake me from my confidence in the Lord. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See, he's my shepherd. And his rod and his staff comforts me. I won't be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. God supports and, and comfort, and his comfort, support and comfort are there to ease your fear. At every stage of life and in every situation on the face of the earth. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. Psalm 56 Three to four. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise. In God I put my trust. I shall not be afraid. If we are secure in our faith, there is nothing the world can throw at us that we cannot handle. Do you believe that? I believe it. There's nothing the world can throw at me that I can't handle because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Psalm 27, one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my defense. Whom shall I dread? With God as our source of strength, we need not fear anything on the earth. So I want you to start thinking about your confidence in God and not about the fear of what's going on. I don't care what the government does. I don't care what anybody says. I am going to serve the Lord. It's for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And I'm not gonna walk in fear, I'm gonna walk in confidence in my Lord. Deuteronomy 3, 31, 6, you know, this is, this is um, Moses, and he's, He's about ready to, to pass everything on to Joshua. And he says, be strong and courageous. So we need courage. 
strength and courage. Do not be afraid or in dread of your enemy. The Lord your God is the one who's going with you. I want you to think about that. The Lord your God is the one who is going with you. He will not desert you or abandon you. He will not desert you or abandon you. God's love is never failing. Face your fears and move forward with courage. You say, well, I don't have courage. Well, then ask the Holy Spirit. He's all-powerful. He will give you the courage. When I am weak, he is what? He's strong. I need courage. He will be my strength. He will be my courage, and he will help me. Well, let's move on to the New Testament. Let's see what Jesus had to say about dealing with fear in people. He was training the disciples to learn how not to fear. Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. Again, you can read that on your own. Basically, what he's saying here is don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry about where you live. Don't worry about your lifespan. Don't worry about the virus. See, worry and faith, okay, are linked because they are opposites. When you worry, what is that telling you? That you're not having faith to trust God. And God is wanting to take that faith that you had when you received him as a mustard seed and cause it to well up and grow. And so the opposite of faith is worry and fear. Be anxious for nothing. Matthew 8, 25, verse 26, Jesus said, they, 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 you know, they were out on the, on the water and the storm was coming and Jesus was resting. <laughs> He's sleeping in the bottom of the boat. And he, the storm was coming, but that wasn't going to destroy his rest in peace. And they were like, save us, Lord. We are perishing. And how many times have we cried out during this crisis, save us, Lord. We're perishing. And then Jesus gets up and says, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? And he got up and rebuked the storm, and, he, and it calmed down. Fear and faith are described here as opposites. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Now I'm asking you, why are you afraid during this pandemic? Why are you afraid of the virus? Greater is Jesus than the virus. And so we need to not be afraid. If your government tells you, take, take the vaccine because you need to work, then take the vaccine. That's my, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just telling you, don't be afraid of it. I don't have fear about anything. Paul was bit by a snake when he was gathering wood, and he just shook it off and kept going, and everybody was waiting for him to die. And so many of us are thinking, if I take the vaccine, I'm going to die. Well, just do what you need to do, shake off the snake, and move on. The Lord wants you to have confidence in him. Hallelujah. Never forget the power of the Lord to alter your circumstances and calm your fears, just as he did with the disciples. He, and, and all he wants to develop in you is your faith, so that you will not fear. So that you will not fear. He wants you to have confidence in him. Matthew chapter 10 Verse 29 to 31, do not fear because you are more valuable than you think. You are more valuable than you think. Your confidence needs to be in the Lord. 
Put away your fear because God loves and cares about all of us. Put away your fear. John 14, 27. My peace, this is one of my favorite scriptures. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let, don't let your heart be troubled nor let it be feeble. See, that's a choice we have to make. Are you willing to let your heart be fearful? To let your heart be troubled? But Jesus is saying, don't do that. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be feeble. It's a choice we make and can walk in by the power of the Holy Spirit in faith. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that helps you not be afraid. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that helps you. And we've been talking about moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it's more than just moving in the gifts. It's walking in the Spirit. It's letting the Spirit lead your life, guide your life, and then walking in the Spirit that you can have confidence in your life, in God, so that you don't live in fear. Philippians 4, 6-7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. If you're anxious, pray. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will come and help you. 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what God has given you. And we need to start walking in that. We need to start believing that. God wills a life free from fear and a life full of love. Eliezer talked about that the other day. We move in the gifts, but we move in love. It's got to be in love. And God wants us to be filled not with fear, but full of love. And self-control for every one of us. Because he wants us all to have a sound mind. And when you live in fear and anxiety, and I've seen it, I've seen people come into the urgent care, I've seen people through years coming into the emergency department, and they're like this, and they're like, I'm anxious and I'm fearful, and I need medicine, give me medicine. And I was like, oh, you need more than medicine. <laughs> medicine will only temporize it, it will not take away your fear, it will not take away your anxiety, only Jesus will. Amen. Only Jesus will. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1.7 talks about that. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I love that. And I claim that. And you need to claim that in your life. A life that's free from fear and full of love and faith. 1 John 4.18 and Romans 8.39-38-39 Romans 4, 8, uh, John, excuse me, 1 John 4, 18, and Romans 8, 38 to 39 says this. There is no fear in love. But what does it say? Perfect love casts out all fear. If you allow the perfect love of God to go into your life, it will cast out that fear. When you walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and you allow him to take control of your life and you let go of the steering wheel and you allow him to take control of your life, that perfect love will cast out all fear. You'll be able to do whatever the Lord calls you to do and you won't be fearful about it. 
And that's what God wants us. He wants us to live in freedom and liberty and fear and anxiety and worry binds us up and we're not free, but we're bound. And Jesus is saying today, I've come to set the, we, we sang these songs today. He's broken the chains. And he's saying, don't live in fear and anxiety, but live in freedom. The chains are broken. Fear will have no power over you. You know, I love it where Romans 8, 38 to 39 talks about love. Who can separate me from the love of God? Neither height nor death nor powers nor any created thing can separate me from You can't separate yourself from the love of God because you're created by God. And you cannot separate yourself. From his. You mean you say, oh, I, I, I can't do this. The Lord says, my love is still here. My love, my love will always be here for you. Always. And so that perfect love casts out all fear. And we need to walk in that. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. The love of God transcends everything. Love helps us overcome all fear. Because nothing can separate you from the love of God which casts out all fear. Nothing can separate you from the love of God because it casts out all fear. So, overcoming fear comes by what? By this. Faith. Let God build your faith in him. Two, pray. If you're anxious, pray. And keep praying. May, you know, be anxious for another thing, but everything with all prayer and supplication, make your request for being known to God, and the peace of God will come. If you're anxious, pray, put, your, put it all on the Lord, and then trust Him, and His peace will come. His peace will come. Thanksgiving, we need to be thankful with all prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, we need to be thankful. Know your value. As I said before, you know, in Matthew, Jesus said, you're more valuable than the sparrow. You are valuable to God. He's not gonna let you perish. And if it's your time to go, it's because he's saying, it's your time, come to be with me. Hallelujah. This is only a preparation time. I've shared this so many times, but we, our time in life is but a drop in the kingdom of God. God has no time, but he's giving us time so that we're prepared for all eternity. And when it's your time, that's it. It's your time. So we don't worry about it. We just kept, keep pressing on and fulfill the, God, fulfill the call that God has for us. Understanding who you are in Christ is so important. You are an heir according to the promise. You are a child of God. You are a king and you are a priest. And so he wants you to understand these things so that you don't live in fear, but you live in confidence because I know who I am. I am a child of God. What can man do to me? Hallelujah. Confidence in him. God wants you to live in confidence in him. Not confidence in the government, not confidence in science, not confidence in what people say. Our confidence is in the Lord our God. And his rhema word and his logos word. God wants to speak to you. Leaning on the power of the Holy Spirit is probably key to all of this because we can't do it ourselves. I can't do it. I am dependent upon the Holy Spirit. I am dependent upon his power and upon his glory. 
Walk in perfect love, which means let the love of God flow in your life because that will cast out all fear. And trust him and not the world. Don't even trust yourself. Just trust him. Proverbs, I'm going to finish with this. Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So I'm going to close with this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your understanding. Let's stand. I want us to do a little symbolic thing. Those that are out listening in cyberspace (laughs) and those who are here, I want you to symbolically say, I will fear no more. I will put my trust in the Lord. And I want you to take your hands and I want you to put them on your chest and then I want you to grab it like this and then I want you to throw it away. Fear is gone. It's washed into the sea of forgetfulness. You are now free in the Lord. That's symbolic. But I believe that today God is changing lives. God is speaking to your hearts right now. He's saying to you, I am free. So now you need to say, if God says it, I believe it, I'm going to live it. I am free. So let's say it all together. One, two, three. I am free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for each one here, Lord. Touch them, move upon them. Bless them, Lord, and give them freedom, Lord. Freedom from fear, freedom from anxiety, freedom from fear of the government, freedom from anxiety of what the government may do, freedom from all these different things, freedom from anything in their lives, not just this virus, but all things. I thank you, Lord, that you are setting the captives free. You come to set us free, and you set us free from all fear, from anxiety, from all worry, and our confidence, our trust, our hope, and our faith is in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you grace the other side 
being refreshing. Thank you so much, Alan and Eliezer, for joining us this weekend. Uh, let's give a big thanks to the Lord for their ministry. I can truly say Alan gave me a faith lift this morning. Right? So, <laughs> okay, I deserve that one. Uh, so the Lord can present us without spot or wrinkle. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord God, for this weekend. We thank you, Father God, for the ministry of these men of God. We thank you for the presence of your spirit. It's all about Jesus. May it never stop or cease to be about Jesus. We want to be Christ-centered church, and we bless you, Lord, this morning. We pray for our government, and Father God, we pray that the church would continue to have favor, that we would continue to have freedom to worship you. And Lord, we pray for that favor. Oh Lord, give us divine favor, Father God. We pray that you will put in power those whom you desire. And we pray for Christians to be in places of power so, Lord, they can represent the body of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We pray for this country, for its salvation, Lord. We know we live in a fallen world and we don't have perfect governments. But, Lord, we have a responsibility as a church to pray for those who are our leaders. And we know, Lord, they need your guide. So please guide us in this time. Keep us safe. And truly, Lord, may our faith and trust be in you, Lord. And we remember those who are suffering this morning. We believe that you're the God that still heals today, that you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And, Father God, today we ask on behalf of those in our congregation, those many who are ill, Father God, that you would encourage them first and foremost that their confidence would be in you regardless of their health, regardless of their circumstances, that they can have the joy and confidence of the Lord this morning. And Lord, we also pray that you would extend your healing hand and touch them, Lord, because you're a good and faithful God. And Lord, we commit this week to you. Lord, as we dismiss this morning, we do not forget you. We do not forget you, and I pray, oh God, that you would bless each person here and those joining us online and give them strength for the journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you, and have a wonderful week. The Lord is with you.